My name is Tony Litt. I'm the MD of Sunrise Radio, and it's my immense pleasure to bring you the official Sunrise Radio podcast. We are the number one commercial Asian station in the United Kingdom, with many firsts to our name, and we continue to be the voice of British Asians who have given us their love and loyalty over 30 years. It's a legacy we cherish and a responsibility that we don't take lightly. Our aim has always been to entertain the listeners with the best of Bollywood and Bangra while also addressing their concerns. A real voice for the community, a vibrant community and a great nation. We are proud to be British and Asian. This podcast is a compilation of some of the things we do on the station with a stellar lineup of presenters who each have their own personality and style. It's entertaining, informative, engaging, and we hope you will enjoy it here as a podcast if you are unable to tune in to the radio. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your family and friends about this podcast and do leave us a comment on what you think. We'd love to hear from you. All the best always. Team Sunrise. It's the breakfast show on Sunrise Radio. Raj Guy is the name. 90 second challenge. We play it every single morning, Monday to Friday. Are you ready? Let's play the 90 second challenge. 90 second challenge is up. We've got brand new contestants standing by. We've got Savia, who's mum. We've got Amir, who is dad. We've got Ahmed, who's 10 years old. And Arbaz, who is nine. Sounds like a Bollywood family. Uh, good morning to you all. Yeah, good morning. How good morning. are you? You are right? You're fine. Brilliant. 90 second challenge you've never played on the radio before, but you play it every single day in the car on your way to school and work, etc., right? Yes. Brilliant. So you know how to play the game. So let's do it. Let's let's play the 90 second. No, no, I say that bit. All right? Wait. <laughs> Just wait. Patience. Here we go. Okay. Let's No, wait. Here we go. Let's play the 90 second challenge! The game begins in 3, 2, 1. Question number one Which singer sang the songs Billie Jean, Beat It, and Thriller? Michael Who? Michael Jackson? Yeah, what food, what food is the leading source of salmonella poisoning? Uh, which food? Pass. Pass is chicken. Who, or poultry? Who plays the role of Jugga in Jugga Jesus? Yeah, the chanterelle, oyster, button, and portobello are all types of what? Uh, please. Uh, what? Pass, pass. pass. <laughs> mushrooms, mushrooms. How many letter E's? How many letter E's are there in Bademia Chotemia? Uh, two. Two. What name is given to the nut of an oak tree? A nut of an oak tree. Punk. Oak tree. Nut of an oak. Yes. Acorn. Acorn, you got it. What uh, language, apart from English, is an official language of Canada? French. French, yeah. Who plays the role of Happy Sing in Sing is King? Uh, yeah, I buy five samosas, five samosas for six pence each. How much have I spent? Five samosas, six pence each. I'll go. 30 pence. Yeah, yeah, 30 pence. That'll do. How many pockets does a snooker table have? How many pockets? Six. Six. Six, yeah, well done. Which country was formerly called Ceylon? Ceylon. Ceylon. Spain? No. Pass. Uh, pass. Too late. Sri Lanka. It was Sri Lanka, it was Ceylon. All right, so never mind. Okay. It looks all right to me. One, two, 
Three, four, five, six, seven. I think, yeah, you got eight. You got eight. That's very good. Yeah, Fantastic. Wow. All right. So you're you're along the same path as yesterday. So you've got a plus one question. I guess you're going to have to take it, right? So let's do the plus one question. Okay. Which Bollywood star produced and starred in the film Tube Light? Uh, Salman Khan. Yeah, well done. You've got yourself nine. So here it is. This is the crucial bit. If you get this right, we're into a tiebreaker situation, all right? You've got a plus five question. I'm going to play you a little bit of uh, a, a bit of sound, a bit of audio. Have a listen to it and tell me okay. who this person is. And I want to know who his wife is as well. I've read a lot of Western poetry. Because I was there, what do I do? But my father is a phenomenal poet. Who's that guy? Who's his wife? Oh, I don't know. What do you mean no you don't idea. know? Have another listen. I've read a lot of Western poetry. Because I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. his wife's name? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is exciting. Nail-biting, nail-biting. It's like, it's like the Euro football. All right, listen. Uh, 14 is the score. We've got the same score as yesterday. Herman, Ria and Sergen. I bet they're the, on the edge of their seat at the moment. Right, I'm going to ask you another question. The next question on, on the list that I've got here, and you just have to answer this correctly, right? you get a plus one. In which country okay. are the Giza pyramids? Egypt! 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 I'm running around the studio. Yeah, it's a goal. Yay. It's a goal. Yay. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. Thank you so much. You're at the top of our leaderboard with a score of 15. Are you happy? Very yeah. happy. Brilliant. Fantastic. There you go. 90 second challenge. That's the new score to beat 15. Can you do it? Try again tomorrow, mo- tomorrow morning. I'm so, I'm so excited. 90 second challenge. We do it every morning here on The Breakfast Show with myself, Raj Guy. You can catch Raj Guy and his funny humour weekdays on breakfast between 6am and 9am. Hey, my name is Shabnam Sahi. Welcome to the official Sunrise Radio podcast. I'm on your radio weekdays from 9am to 12 noon. If you've heard the show, you know what to expect from it. But here are some exciting, interesting Bollywood stories that you may have missed. This time round, served up as part of our official Sunrise Radio podcast. Enjoy. Fans of the race franchise who loved 1 and 2 and couldn't figure out what Race 3 was all about or why it was even made. Well, if you've been happily floating around thinking, Chalo, Maan Lia Race 3 was a mistake, a very expensive mistake, at least we have sweet memories of Saif Ali Khan and the rest from Race 1 and 2 to savour for the rest of our lives, right? Guess what? Race 4 is about to descend on us very soon. No, seriously. Apparently, Shiraz Ahmed, who's worked on the last three installments, is also working on Race 4. And producer Ramesh Thorani is waiting for the bound, finished script to land on his desk before casting for the film and officially announcing it to the world. You have been warned. If you can save so, race 3 ke review mein kisi ne kuch yun arz kiya ki jab Gabbar Singh se kisi ne pucha ki Gabbar ji aapne race 3 dekhi dekhi to thi unhone bhi unko press invite mila tha naturally free mein dekhne ko mile to koi na jayega right everybody will go so he came out to the cinema and he said arya samba aaj tak ram nagar mein 50 course ki duri tak jab bachcha raj ko rota hai na to uski maa kehti hai beta rona band kar chup ho ja warna race 3 dikha dungi 
40 years of an iconic film, a classic that carried a certain pain, the pain of Lucknow, says filmmaker Muzaffar Ali. Now, Muzaffar Ali's seminal work, Umrao Jaan, is 40 this year. And to mark the occasion, the FTII, the Film and Television Institute of India, brought together some of the big names associated with that film. Muzaffar Ali, Nasiruddin Shah, Satish Shah, writers Shama Zaidi and Javed Siddiqui, as well as Ghazal exponent Talat Aziz Sahab. Now, sadly, neither Asha Ji nor Rekha Ji could join them. But leading us back to those Lucknow ki galiyan, to a glorious past on the verge of crumbling, a world where art, architecture, music, shairi, mosiki, as well as courtesans and kothas, they were all a fabric of the opulence of the kingdom of Awadh, so beautifully captured in that film. Now, in this conversation, Director Muzaffar Ali Sahab said that I was absolutely fascinated by the novel Umrao Janada, which was written by Mirza Hadi Ruswa. I'd recorded the whole novel. I would listen to it every day on my way to the office. I'd heard it about a hundred times. It would constantly remind me of some season of the past, the joy, the sadness of the past. Gradually, visual images started forming for me. And then the script, the lyrics, the cast, the music, everything started taking shape. Javed Siddiqui Sahab, who was one of the writers of the film, he says that we kept accumulating all the information through books and artifacts via people from the time who'd left their journals. It was a journey of knowing Umrao Jan and all the people she was surrounded with. In fact, in the novel, Mirza Hadi Ruswa has written it as a biography, whereas the film treats the story slightly differently. Film may there are other significant characters who form a part of Rekha's life, Umrao Jan's life. Characters like Gohar Mirza or Khanam Jan. Khanam Jan, as we all know, played by Shokat Kefi, uh, Shaban Azmi's mother. That film is 40 years um, this year. And naturally, this conversation would have been absolutely riveting for anyone who is a fan of this film. As I am indeed. Now, if there's one Bollywood director who has used his downtime in lockdown rather fruitfully and he has now transformed into this lean, mean, blockbuster-making machine, let's put it that way, it is director Anubhav Sinha. You know, he's looking about 10 years younger. He's clearly buzzing with fresh ideas after the success of his last three films, Mulk, Article 15 and Thappar. And he's now ready to take his game to the next level, not merely as writer-director. I mean, he's already making an ache with Aishman Khurana to satiate the writer and the director in him. But Anubhav Sinha wants to role as a producer more seriously. You know, joining hands with Bhushan Kumar of T-Series, Anubhav Sinha is co-producing an action thriller, an out-and-out commercial caper to be directed by Scam 1992 director Hansel Mehta. It launches two new faces who've been training very hard and they've been kept away from the prying gaze of the Bollywood paparazzi. All to be revealed very soon, says Anubhav Sinha. We can't wait to share this story with you. You know, I was just thinking, if Hansel Mehta ever co-directs a film with someone called Gretel, what will they be called? I know. A young, handsome gardener working in an Italian village was plucked out of obscurity and he was cast in a fun and frivolous Polish drama titled 365 Days. Now, this became massively popular around the world, especially in India when it appeared on Netflix, especially during lockdown when people had nothing to do but sit at home and watch a lot of Netflix. This became a huge film. Now, this handsome gardener turned overnight sensation, Mikhail Marone. He was delighted with all the fame, naturally. And it was reported recently that Karan Johar was very keen to cast him in a 
बॉलीवुड रॉम कॉम एंड मुझे लगता है ना कि दीज मे नॉट जस्ट बी एम टी वर्ड नॉट जस्ट हॉलो प्रोमिस फॉर सम चीप पब्लिसिटी अपेरेंटली मिकेल मरोन हैज कन्फेस्ट टू हिस ट्वेल्व मिलियन फॉलोअर्स ऑन इंस्टाग्राम दैट बॉलीवुड इज वेरी मच ऑन द कार्ड्स ही सेड इन रिसेंट चैट आई वुड लव टू डू हिंदी फिल्म एज एन एक्टर आई लव चैलेंजिंग रोल्स एंड दे कैन समटाइम्स मेक यू अनकंफर्टेबल येस बट आई बिलीव वेन यूर अनकंफर्टेबल दैट्स वेन यू स्टार्ट क्रिएटिंग मैजिक एंड देन यू नो वेन पीपल टोल्ड हिम इन द चैट दैट डू यू नो मेनी मेनी बॉलीवुड सेलिब्रिटीज दे फॉलो यू ऑन इंस्टाग्राम इज इट रियली दैट्स अमेजिंग आई एम ऑनर्ड आई एम हम्बल्ड माई टीम हैज बीन अप्रोच्ड फॉर बॉलीवुड प्रोजेक्ट दैट इज वाई वी आर थिंकिंग अबाउट इट सीरियसली वेल लुकिंग गुड ऑन स्क्रीन इज वन थिंग माई सवाल टू हिम इज कैन ही किल इट विद हिज मूव्स on the dance floor can he nail a seshava shava or a swag se swagat or a jaye shiv shankar how good is he in that department ye bhi to sochna padega na right ye bataiye is kahani ko pehle aapne suna hai ya aap pehli baar mujhse sun rahe hain kahani suniye pehle now he is a deol who dances to his own tune and he drifts in and out of bollywood depending on his mood depending on the kind of films on offer and we love him for it of course he's still a chip of the old the old block and very much his own man abhay deol is returning from his hiatus sabbatical time off jo bhi keh lijiye and the only thing he's certain of is to never do the same old same old again bring me something exciting something fresh something new something out of the box something experimental and i'm your man because you know why the boundaries of entertainment no longer remain culture specific nor country specific everyone's got an equal chance to roll out a good film and be rewarded for their efforts that's what abhedeol says now spilling details on his next project which is an india centric disney comedy titled spin abhedeol posted on instagram recently i'm aware that most of my audience love me for making edgy alternative narratives that challenge the status quo which is why this film is all the more special for me as it is a departure from my own status quo and catering to a much younger audience spin is a disney film which will go live on their platform in the us on the 13th of august it is a gem of a movie that will leave you smiling and feeling good i'm a i'm blessed to be a part of this that's what he wrote now spin is disney channel's first original film to star an indian american that's why it's such a big deal it casts avantika vandanapu she's an american actress of indian origin and she plays an indian american teen riya kumar who discovers her artistic side through the unique world of djing abhay deol plays riya's father arvind kumar what father see this is how bollywood is changing if the role is good if you've got something substantial to do and if the film makes sense and if it is being rolled out by disney even if you're being offered the role of a father abhay deol very sensibly said yeah i'll do it Now you know what doing a Sanjay Leela Bansali film is the fast track to the Bollywood A list. It is the safest path to the top of the showbiz hierarchy because if Sanjay sir picks you for a film na your chances of success quadruple. Aisa manna hai logon ka. Now soon after they wrapped Gangubai on Sunday and plastered social media with pictures and posts Monday brought another dollop of excitement for Sanjay Leela Bansali fans Monday matlab yesterday because Karthik the hottest aryan right now he was seen arriving at Sanjay Leela Bansali's office then leaving after a few hours the film press convinced that they were discussing Sanjay Leela Bansali's foray into digital a drama titled Hira Mandi for which Karthik Aryan seems to be the right fit when it comes to one of the principal characters that is a rumor now the reality could be a million miles away but then again maybe not kehte hain na no smoke without fire no sanjay leela bansali film without a visit to his office ha huh?
Now you know what? If you're not making a South Indian remake, your reputation as a filmmaker may be in tatters. That seems to be the unspoken mantra in Bollywood right now. आपने नोटिस किया है? Soon after Boni Kapoor was crowned the remake Raja of Bollywood, Ajay Devgan wanted a slice of the action by announcing a remake of a Telugu film, a film titled Nandhi. Now this came out in February this year apparently and it tells the story of a man Surya Prakash who is in custody he's under trial he's falsely accused of murder he is awaiting judgment Now Nandhi stars Allari Naresh and Varalakshmi Sharat Kumar and it takes the story beyond the realms of just a simple courtroom drama which is exactly why Ajay Devgan and his co-producer Dil Raju they feel that this is a story that has all the attributes of a super exciting Bollywood thriller Let's hope they are right. Now you know what for those who look at showbiz strictly from the outside and crave a slice of the name and fame pie. Those who think making a few sacrifices here and there, a few compromises along the way could and would reap them the greatest rewards. Jo log aisa sochte hain na, wo bhool jate hain ki fame and success of that size and scale that can often be an isolating experience. It can be a lonely pursuit that traps you in a goldfish bowl and it makes it virtually impossible for you to stay grounded. unless unless you make that effort to do a reality check to stay in touch with those who can say it like it is aisa nahi ki success ke baad aap sirf apne aap ko chamchon ke sath you know aap unke sath ghoome and surround yourself with your yes men as they say but those who can tell you the truth up front which may sometimes be a bitter pill to swallow ek filmi zindagi ka na sabse bada challenge yahi hai kangana ranaut posted something yesterday which actually made me quite sad she said if you're a failure people will abandon you they will treat you badly and the world won't let you live if you strive and thrive and become very successful they will feel threatened they will pull you down they will isolate you and they will still make you your target so the bottom line is you have to be alone because as they say a winner stands alone you will never be able to decide in a place like bollywood what is worse success or failure i'm not sure if there's any credibility attached to this story but it amused me greatly when i read it on an indian website yesterday and i thought you know what i have to share it with you because desperate times call for desperate measures a group of shahrukh khan fans recently approached an astrologer and a numerologist in india pandit jagannath guruji you know to get some predictions on what the future holds for shahrukh khan and things like that without mincing any words pandit jagannath ji allegedly said three main things one that shahrukh khan's forthcoming films stood a good chance of success chaliye ye to acha hai guruji two that he should refrain from acting in his own home productions and he should give new talent a chance instead all right okay and three guruji said a clean shaven look would bode well for sharuk his beard hasn't been very lucky for him so these people who are doing hair and makeup for pathan and brahmastra and all the rest of the films that sharuk is supposedly shooting for right now ignore guruji's predictions at your own risk ha agar ek bhi film flop hui guruji will turn around and say maine to kaha tha dekhiye aapne sharuk ko daadi mein dal diya but i have to say sharuk in my very humble opinion why sharuk any man i think especially of a certain age looks so good with a beard if not a full blown beard at least that 5 o'clock shadow right you can catch shabnam sahi the ultimate storyteller weekdays 9 a.m. to 12 noon hi this is a 
Anushka Aurora. As always, lovely to have your company for the Sunrise Radio podcast. And this week, I have another special guest on the show. Hi, Farhan. Welcome to Sunrise Radio. How are you? I'm very well, Anushka. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Excited for the release of Tufan soon? Uh, yeah, getting there. Every single day, it gets closer and uh, the butterflies are flitting around more and more violently uh, with every part. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So, Farhan, tell me a little bit different, of course, in this time uh, that we are. It's having an OTT release. Does it really bother you having an OTT release versus a, a cinematic release? I mean, how are you standing in your opinion for this? Uh, no, I, I feel actually absolutely fine with, um, uh, with Amazon releasing uh, the film on the 16th. Um, you know, I mean, what over the last 18 months, what I've also come to understand is um, firstly, there, I mean, just the phenomenal reach uh, that these platforms have across the world yeah. uh, that on, on the day and date, when the film releases, I mean, it's going to go across to over 240 countries and territories, um, which not only does it like randomly appear on their screen, they're well made well aware of in mm-hmm. advance that such a film uh, will be coming on that day. So that's an incredible opportunity in itself, you know, which is one. Um, and also the other thing is um, what, I, what I would like to believe because I've experienced it from having watched things releasing over the last 18 months that I've been watching, you know, like from starting from like a filmmaker like Martin Scorsese, for example, who did, who did Irishman, you know, for, uh, for platform. Um, um, it, it really isn't about, um, uh, to me, uh, it no longer is just about the, the screen experience. Mm. You know, um, I, I feel the, the, the screen in our homes now, uh, has in itself become a big screen. Yeah. You know, because we we're consuming almost everything off of it. Um, so I it doesn't bother me at all that, you know, I can't uh, have this film in a theater. I, I feel great that there's over, I don't know, 70, 80 million people, households actually that this film will reach. How many of, uh, how many ever of them will watch it, not watch it, I don't know. But mm. the fact that the, the potential of um, uh, the consumption of this film you know, the viewership of this film is, is phenomenal. And as artists, that, that's what we want. You know, we want eyeballs. We want people to see our work, you know, so it's, uh, it's great. No, of course. And do you feel like this whole change in the industry, this whole change in life, the way we watch things now, has that made you choose your projects as a producer and as an actor differently? Um, no, not really. I mean, eventually what we are doing is we're serving, uh, we're serving the story. We're, we're still telling it the same way. Yeah. I don't think how you, how you create a film or how you create, go about uh, choosing your work uh, mm. should change depending on what kind of release it's having. I mean, of course, if it's an, if it's a show format, then it's, it's a different hat. You know, if it's, uh, if it's some reality TV thing, then it's a different hat, you know, but, but as long when you're talking about film per se, um, you're going to make the same film regardless of whether it releases in a theater or it releases uh, on, on Amazon Prime Video, you know, uh, which is you're going to do the best work that you possibly can do, you know, and you're going to have a film of hopefully the best kind of quality that you can achieve. Um, and, and that's what it's going to be. So that, that doesn't change. 
Mm. Well, Tufan is looking really good. The trailer is looking absolutely oh, fantastic. Um, now, let boxing, like largely known as a man's sport back in the day, but you know, how do you feel that that perspective has changed now? Uh, well, to start with, I mean, it's it's no longer considered just a man's sport, which is which is great. Mm. Um, you know, as no nothing should be considered only only male or only, you know, when it comes to this kind of like recreational activity or a sporting activity. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, the thing, we've grown up watching such incredible films, sport films. Um, I was very fortunate to have been able to do a film earlier, <clears throat> seven years ago, called Bhag Milka Bhag with Rakesh again, mm -hmm. you know, um, and um, it, there's, there's so much you can take from it, you know, because the analogy is a sport vis-a-vis -vis life. Uh, are so um, telling, you know, and it's such a great way for somebody to understand a message or learn a lesson or get some inspiration or uh, discover something new within themselves through these analogies because everyone enjoys sport. So mm -hmm. it's very easily palatable, you know. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that we've struck upon something that has, um, uh, that is a story with, with a heart and uh, with a message and that we can share it through this uh, experience of using boxing as as the sport and the backdrop to tell the story um, was was as challenging as it's been fun. And you mentioned, you know, you just briefly touched upon the fact <coughs> that you worked with uh, Rakesh Ji previously. Yeah. How has your relationship with him evolved, especially now that you've done Tufan with him? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think pretty much from the early days of getting together on Bhag Milka Bhag, um, I realized that I could trust him completely um, and, that, and that was based on the fact that he, when he commits to a film, you can see that there is nothing else that he's thinking about apart from that film and how he can make it well, how he can make it better than, than even what he thought was possible. You know, so he, he kind of get, he gets obsessed with it. <clears throat> and and I like that in a person because when I work, I I, I like going to that place with them, um, and sharing that that energy with them. Um, so it's been uh, it I I trust him, you know, like I trust him that he'll tell the story and he'll give me the freedom and the responsibility to to do my job, uh, the way um the way I think I'd like to do it, yeah. you know. So um, it's it's um. It's, it's, it's very interesting because after our initial discussions and our agreements on uh, how we see the character, what we want the character, you know, just basically get a sense of the guy. Uh, after that, it's almost on some level like, like working in, um, uh, how do I put this problem? Like we're working in, in kind of like, it, what would almost feel like watertight compartments from each other on some wow. level, you know? Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, there's just this one area, you know, like the classic Venn diagram, you know, mm -hmm. where you have like these two larger areas which are doing their own thing, but this one small section where they collaborate on and have things in common. Um, it's kind of like that. So that's the freedom that I get from it, you know, and, and every time he feels that the character is, is changing shape or is going off and becoming uh, a part of some other, some other journey, he kind of pulls me back towards that little area <laughs> in the middle and then, and then lets me go again.
And I think that's the beauty about Rakesh Ji. I think he does it so well. Um, you know, he did it so beautifully with Bhag Milka Bhag. And now again, I mean, I can just see a little bit of that in the trailer itself. I mean, I don't know obviously about the movie yet, but you know, it really does shine through. So um, well, thank you can you. really tell uh, that there's been a lot of hard work <coughs> put this film and not just hard work, but like you said, he gets obsessive and you, you know, you really get into it. Um, so that really yeah. does uh, come through through the trailer. Um, yeah, you know what, what's interesting is, I mean, what's interesting is to have the combination of being obsessed by something, yet not being a control freak. Yeah. You know, so to find that balance is not easy. Mm. That he, he, he is completely passionately in love with the film. Um, he, it's his own, it's his film. Yet at the same time, he makes every single person feel responsible for what they're supposed to bring to the table. And that's, that's quite unique. Yeah, definitely. And I think if we talk about the, your, you know, body transition and, you know, the, the things that you had to go through, I mean, did you really have to push yourself as an actor uh, for this role? Because it, I mean, that's what it looks like you did. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it wasn't easy at all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, uh, boxing, as much as I loved watching the sport itself, um, you know, when, when championship title fights and stuff take place for years now, since the 80s, I've, I've always tried to watch them when, whenever they're available here to see. Mm. Um, and then, of course, films on boxing, you know, uh, but what you don't realize, because when you're watching it, more often than not, when you're watching a fight, um, you're seeing the, the end result of, uh, of a life dedicated to training and a life dedicated to the sport and to the discipline. You're just mm. seeing you know, like three rounds or four rounds of three, three minutes each. Um, and it, it's amazing. I mean, there's, it's artistic, it's scientific, it's brutal, uh, it's beautiful, yet, yet it's, uh, it's, it's ugly, you know? So it's, it's, a, it's a very mesmerizing sport as a viewer. But what you don't see is you, as a lay person, you know, doesn't know, I, and I didn't know much about the sport uh, before, is you think you need, uh, of course, that you need stamina to a certain extent, but you feel that you need like really like you need strong hands and strong arms and strong shoulders and a strong back, you know, and a strong jaw, I guess, you know, yeah. and, 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 you, and, you, and you'll do well. Uh, you have no idea what's going on with these boxers below, below the waist, you know, uh, with their legs and with their feet. There's a dance going on there. And so much of boxing is about your legs and so much about it is about your feet, positioning yourself. How do you work into certain angles and work yourself into certain, out of certain corners and out of certain situations. And so much focus is paid to the feet, which you honestly have no understanding of when you just watch it. Mm -hmm. So when you get in there and you feel that, okay, like, you know, I feel pretty strong and I feel tough and I'm going to be great at this. And then they strip away all that machismo that you thought <laughs> you had. <laughs> and you have to like kind of reinvent everything that you thought about about the sport and you thought about how great a boxer you'd be. Um, you have to like rethink all of it. And it's it's an education, of course, which is great because you're learning something new. But at the same time, it is so demanding. It is, it is by far one of the toughest sports, even wow. by even by uh, even by sports people's 
confessions you know like it is boxing yeah, is a yeah. tough tough sport yeah. um and so yeah it was it was it was hard but it it's just so worth it because you're working with the right people doing mm-hmm. it you know or in trainers um director of the film coach the guy who came to choreograph it daryl i mean just all of them i mean they put this immense amount of faith in you and uh, you just got to make it happen yeah and here you are you did you made it happen and and you make it look so easy like all this that you're telling me i mean who would have ever thought i mean if you're really doing something like what you you're doing and you're saying boxing is like a lot of how you play with your feet and your legs like you know when you're just watching it you don't think that do you yeah you don't think about it at all you don't no. you know you, i mean you just think you'll rely on like brute strength and knock the other person out it is exactly. not easy the other thing that i learned when i finally got into sparring for the first time because a lot of training happened drills happened um working the bag doing this doing that and then finally we came into sparring um just to get a sense of what it's like to be with an opponent in the ring you know and uh, so you just go and you do a couple of rounds of course you're wearing protective gear and stuff but yeah. uh, you go in and you start getting into those rounds and you realize how long 3 minutes can be yeah i can imagine like it is long <laughs> like it just feels like man your 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 going to your lungs will burst you know i mean maybe the first two rounds you'll fly through a little bit easily mm. um or I, you'll get through but when it starts getting to round 4 and round 5 and we do like 10 rounds and 12 rounds because you know like in just to like kind of get that kind of and get a feel of it get the mindset of it yeah and 3 minutes is so long it feels like it feels like an hour you know it feels that long and then when you have that break of a minute it the minute feels like the shortest minute you've ever experienced in your life <laughs> <laughs> so you realize how flexible time is depending on your experience in that in that moment Yeah. Oh my god. Now Rohan tell me what is the underlying message of this film because let's face it we've had quite a few sports movies um you know yeah. in cinema that we've had but what is the underlying message of this and how is this different to what we've already seen? Uh well the underlying message uh, of this film is um a message of um it it actually is a message of of love it is a message of acceptance and understanding of the other given our differences um it is um about um accepting people uh for their character uh not rejecting people because of labels that that may may come attached to them um so really recognizing the human being and recognizing the person beyond any kind of preconceived notion and preconceived idea that we we may have of another person just depend because of where they come from uh, you know what community they belong to how rich or poor they are you know um, to just get beyond all of that so essentially like seeing people for the character uh, and and that's that's for me is what the film really really touches upon and it also on on some level touches upon um um which is a little bit more obvious i would say uh in the thing is is honestly the uh, indomitable spirit that all of us have you know uh, when we believe in something yeah. that it's you they say faith can move mountains you know what i mean so it it also touches upon that aspect well that sounds lovely and i can't wait to watch it, it it's looking really really fabulous oh thank you anshka i can't wait to see all the hard work that you put in and i'm definitely going to watch it with a completely different uh, <laughs> view of boxing now after speaking to you so thank you for hard oh thank you 
and we look forward to seeing you on screen with loads more stuff coming our way. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks care. for your time. Bye. 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 Listen to our Bollywood queen Anushka Aurora from 12 noon to 4 p.m. weekdays on Sunrise. This is Anila Dami on Sunday. Turn now to the Batley and Spen by-election. Labour's Kim Ledbetter won the Batley and Spen by-election and she defeated her conservative rival by about 300 and by 323 votes and the west yorkshire constituency has voted labor at every election since 1983 but of course it's 323 votes so is that a huge win is that sir keir starmer's leadership back on course or is it a narrow win and uh, the labor party need a bit of a rethink and reshuffle with what they're doing. Well, I'm now joined on the line by Kim Johnson, Labour MP for Liverpool Riverside and also a member of the Education Select Committee. Good morning, MP Johnson. Good morning, Ganilla. It's really nice to be back on your show this morning. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you very much for coming back on. Always a pleasure. So while it was a win for Labour, was it, it was a narrow one, wasn't it? Anyway, can I just start by saying and congratulating Kim and her team, you know, because they had a very difficult time in Batley, as we saw played out in the media. It was very toxic. She came under lots of personal attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but the electric did vote for her, you know, because it was a vote for hope um, against the, the division. But you're quite right. It was a very, very narrow win. You know, we've held the seat by only 323 um, both. And it is um, a wake-up call, I think, for um, our party. And we need to be doing something about it because, you know, there were 16 candidates in that by-election. Six of them were from the far right. But luckily, and um, they all lost their deposits and have just sunk without trace. So I think, you know, in that respect, we need to focus on that, you know, that you know, the right were wiped out, but it didn't help that we had George Galloway mm-hmm. there stoking up um, local tensions and hatred. You know, he gained 8,000 votes. You know, those votes could have gone to Kim, and yet we are in this position. But I just think we need to focus on we do still have that seat, and it's about building on what we've got going forward, I think, in Illinois. Uh, what do you think the Labour Party needs to do? Because you've said it's a wake-up call and there was this question about before the election of who does the Labour Party appeal to after, you know, losing the Hartlepool seat and then this narrow win. And of course, you know, you've mentioned the kind of toxic narrative that had played out during the campaign and this vote of hope against division. But who is the Labour Party appealing to, do you think? I think we're a, a bit of practice at the moment because, you know, Keir Starmer, as leader of the Labour Party, needs to reach out to all of our constituents and not just be focusing, focusing on a handful. You know, from my point of view, we had a very strong manifesto in 2019 that reached out and said what we stood for in terms of our core values as a Labour Party. That was very much about um, housing, employment. You know, we talked about a national care service. We talked about, you know, welfare benefits that meet the needs 
of all of our most vulnerable. You know, so we had a very clear agenda on the table that would meet the needs of so many of our, um, our voters and our ele- electorate. And I think we need to start focusing on policy, what we stand for. And I think there's been lots of criticism over the last couple of months that, you know, um, it's not very clear at the moment. You know, people don't know what we stand for. And I think we need to um, state our um, our pitch in the ground to say, as a Labour Party, this is what we're about. You know, let's look at um, the 2019 manifesto. Let's look at the needs of our um, most vulnerable. You know, mm. 15 months of the pandemic have had a major impact on so many of our most vulnerable. While on the one hand, we've seen um, billionaires increase and their profit and the money they've made increased exponentially. While, at the other hand, more people have lost their jobs, more people are reliant on food banks, have food insecurity, poverty in terms of um, electricity, digital poverty. So we've got this massive divide in our country at the moment, and that has been um, exacerbated by COVID. And we need to think what we are going to do to heal and to um, reduce that major um, chasm between the haves and the have-nots, Anella. It sounds like you're being very realistic about the, the picture of the Labour Party at the moment. How do you feel about Sir Keir Starmer as a leader? I think, you know, he was democratically elected as the Labour uh, leader of the party. You know, he's been um, the leader for 15 months in very difficult circumstances. You know, he's not been able to get out and about to visit the electric. So that has had an impact. But I also think, you know, he was elected as um, into the party in 2015. Whether he has the political mouth in terms of leading the party might need to, to be considered. But I really do think um, thinking about some of um, the decisions he's made in the past has not helped um, him or the party very well going forward, I think, um, in a little unfortunately. Do you want a different leader? Well, it's not about whether I want a different leader. It's about we've got what we've got at the moment. And it's about... That sounds like a diplomatic yes. Well, um, I will I will be honest. You know, um, Keir was not my first choice as leader. I've made that very known. My, I um, voted for Rebecca Long-Bailey, you know. And I have been... Um, a bit frustrated in terms of decisions. You know, some of the decisions that the party took with this um, by-election in Batley and Spen, um, I was shocked at some of the things that were said, you know, that went unchallenged by the party, you know, and, and I think that has upset, um, you know, various communities within Batley and Spen and um, nationally, and that needs to be taken into consideration and that needs to be looked at and we need to be thinking about you know, racism in its very broadest context, you know, because I've raised the issue on more than one occasion um, in the party about a hierarchy of racism. We're dealing with, you know, massive amounts of Islamophobia, Hindophobia and anti-black racism. And and I think Kia has focused and the party has focused on anti-Semitism. And yes, we did um, go through EHRC. We, you know, um, we have an action plan in, the, in terms of dealing with that. But they also need to recognise that other people are being affected by um, racism across the board at the moment. That needs to be focused on and needs to be dealt with in the same kind of fashion.
And of course, it, there's been this rumour about the two camps of the Angela Rayner camp and then the Keir Starmer. Would you want Angela Rayner to take over? Can I just say, though, I think that is um, um, meddling taking place within the media. From my understanding, that's not happening. You know, we're a party that has um, an elected Democratic leader um, in Keir Starmer. And, and I think, you know, we're all committed to making our party work to get our party general election ready going forward. And um, from my point of view, internal factions and disunity does nothing for our party. You know, a united party is with, will, will win us seats and will win us into number 10. And, and that's what I, I would say to you in terms of that rumour mill. You're on the Education Select Committee. Um, What do you make of the situation in schools at the moment with pupils needing to isolate if one person tests positive and in some cases it's an entire class, year group and school? Well, I think it is, again, a bit of a hypocrisy because we saw um, things play out in the media a couple of weeks ago um, in terms of um, football players. Mm. I think it was the Scottish and the English match one of the players had um, tested COVID. He hoped he was in the vicinity of lots of um, players, but they didn't get sent home and have to have to socially isolate. You know, so there is, you know, um, a major issue of hypocrisy, but it's also the much broader issue for me, really, Anila, in terms of you know, 15 months of um, COVID have had um, an exponential impact on lots of our most disadvantaged children in mm-hmm. schools that have been sent home. You know, a lot of them have lost education. Um, a lot of them didn't have and don't have access to the computers and the broadband that they require to assist with their education. Mm-hmm. So the educational attainment gap between um, those children on free school meals in disadvantaged community is ever-growing and we know that that will have an impact on the rest of their lives going forward. And I think that is the greatest um, crime for me in terms of the impact on these young people. Because I think young people, young adults have been adversely affected during the last 15 months. You know, their exams, you know, students have been um, isolated and not had the experience that they um, thought they would have. Um, I have paid for, unfortunately, lots of young people working in those closed-down sectors. So there's been a massive impact as a result of COVID on so many young um, children. And we know that mental health and anxiety within um, young people has grown as well, sadly. And prior to the pandemic, services available to support them Mm. were um, almost non-existent. And I think... um, 11 years of the hollowing out funding to the public sector has made the situation even worse, sadly, for young people. And just finally, Sajid Javid said that reopening society will make us healthier and there's the rumour that we could be seeing things like social distancing scrapped and the wearing of face masks becoming voluntary. I mean, what do you make of those measures and the lifting of all restrictions uh, on July 19th? Well, I Javid Javid, as you know, used to be um, Chancellor. Mm. He has only been um, Minister for Health for a week. And, um, and what we've heard continually throughout the last 15 months is that we follow the data, not the date. 
So I'd be very interested to find out who has actually said um, that we'll be healthier if and when these restrictions are eased up. Um, because I've, I think I've heard stuff um, on the radio this morning about the BMA not being wholly committed to what um, Baba Javid has said about the easing of the restrictions on the 19th. You know, I've had um, discussions about um, face masks will be um, will go, and if people want to use them, they will do. But I think you know the hands face space. Um, needs to be um, still in place because I know me personally um, travelling on um, the underground in very close proximity to people without masks because we're still dealing with the various variants and we know that the transmission with those variants is a lot um, higher and why we're not seeing the way we did earlier on admissions into hospital and more people dying the fact that, that these variants are still out there and um, transmitting quite um, quickly is a concern to me as an individual, Anila. Mm. And so I will personally continue to, to wear a mask because it makes me feel safer, even though I've had my two jabs. Right. Well, MP Johnson, thank you very much for your time this morning. Thank you. Tune in every Sunday, 10am to 12 noon, for Anila Darmy on Sunday, giving the British Asian community a voice on the matters of the day. what time it is come on you know what you know what it is calling all singles are you ready to get flirty at 8 30 message the studio now and let the love doctor of sunrise help you find love that's right let the love doctor help you find love and right now i have got a beautiful soul on the phone with me her name is sono welcome sono how are you Good evening. I'm good, thank you. Good. I'm so I'm so so glad to hear it. How are you keeping? I'm keeping very well, thank you. Lovely, <laughs> lovely to hear, and so glad you decided to take up the offer and come on the Love Lounge and get flirty at eight thirty. Are you ready for this? I am. I'm always ready to speak to you, Amit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. All right, cool. So first and foremost, um, obviously, we've already introduced you as your name. And just tell everyone actually where you're from, approximately. Um, I'm from what? Reddit, Nice. Okay, so relatively local, which is great. So what we want to know now, I'm going to ask you a few simple questions to get to know you. So be as fun as possible, because obviously you this is like you presenting yourself to the world. And we want to put out as much good energy to attract back all those amazing guys who are looking just exactly for someone like you. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So my first question to you, Sono, is this. Tell us about the kind of person who would be your ideal soulmate. So what are you looking for in that special someone? Somebody who's um, really um, down-to-earth, honest, lively, who loves life and lives life to the full. And uh, somebody who's done, you know, who's happy in their world of work, whatever it is they may be doing. Um, you know, clever, able to have good conversation. Somebody who likes similar things to myself. Um, all the usual, going out, socialising, keeping fit, really into my fitness. I like writing and blogging and I work full-time in a full-on career within banking as a vice president. So someone who's done relatively well in whatever career or passion they may have. Um, 
and just somebody you know who who wants the same things in life as I do. Uh, we could just settle down with the right partner and enjoy things together, travel together, go out for dinners together or movies, um, theatre, all the normal things. All the normal. All, I think that's all pretty normal. That's pretty standard. That's great. I love that. I love that. So, uh, and also as well, one quick question in terms of logistics, right? The kind of age range of the person that you're looking forward to attracting in your life as well. Well, I think it's an interesting question. I think age is just a number. And, nice. Um, I think if you click and you attracted to each other, then what's stopping you? <laughs> You're absolutely right. You are spot on. What a great answer that is, Sonal. I love that. Sonal from Watford. Lads, I hope you're paying attention there as well. So remember, you all you got to do, lads, if you like the sound of Sonal, you just get in touch and I will be the one to connect you. Anyway, next question to you, Sonal, right? Okay, I want you to tell us one fun, quirky thing about yourself that not many people know. You know, something unusual, something a bit out there, something that makes you, you you know makes son all different from everyone out there what would you tell us well I, I think um, I've got probably more shoes than Imelda Marcos uh, <laughs> I love it how <laughs> alright so how many approximately how many pairs of shoes do you own would you say is it too hard to approximate it, I can't approximate but I know that they're not all at my my house they're you know housed in two places <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a lot of shoes and fashion as all, all or clothes as all us girls do, but I, I particularly love a good shoe. I was just and, looking at um, your um your WhatsApp pic, and actually, you know, you've got like kind of a real nice style about you, which I really like as well. So, uh, but shoes are your thing, right? Not handbags, but shoes. No, both. I love handbags. Too, but you, <laughs> how, much, how much can you fit, right? Yeah. Oh, no. So basically, what you're trying to say is that the guy who comes into your life, he's not going to have much wardrobe space, is he? Never. (laughs) Essentially, he needs to be a very simple fellow who's happy with having like one or two outfits of his own, and that's about it. I like I like the guy to dress and look good too at the right events and things. There's no letting up there. So I guess I guess then on the flip side, what you then need to do then is when you and this person, this individual, get together, then you need an extra extra large walk-in wardrobe. Is I think the, the only solution here. Absolutely. Okay, cool. I like the sound of that. That's really good. Shoes, that's a cool one. I love it. Okay, so let me ask you another question. Your date wants to pick a movie for you to go and see. What kind of movie choice that they would make would make you happy? You know what? I like um, variety, as they say. So I wouldn't really go for a romantic movie. Something with a bit of action, a bit of romance, a bit of everything in it. Maybe... Something like Oceans movies or James Bond. It's got a bit of everything in to keep everybody entertained. Nice. And of course, the new Bond movies are the new Mission Impossible uh, films coming soon. Uh, the Fast and Furious is there as well, so that encapsulates all of that as well. So uh, you're a lady who likes a bit of action, plus mixed in, dabbled in with a tiny bit of romance. Sounds it sounds like. Yeah. All right, cool. That sounds really good. Okay, cool. I'm going to ask you one more question just to get to know you a little bit better. And so this is your last chance to get really flirty with the guys out there. Let me ask you, right? So you're now on a date with a guy who's taking you to see the latest James Bond movie, right? So um, he said, "Uh, Sono, don't worry. I'm going to go and get the ice cream. And you say, uh, he asks you what flavor you want. You say, surprise me. What combination of ice cream would you hope he comes back with? Oh, gosh. I'd hope he comes back with... um a sorbet because I'm into my fitness so it wouldn't be ice cream and some flowers <laughs> okay I like it a sorbet not ice cream and some flowers oh interesting okay uh, you're, you're really into your fit you're really disciplined aren't you come yeah, on you, you, 
you must have one on your cheat day. What would it be? Go on. A magnum. A, ma- a magnum. I do. Do you know magnum do a, a vegan one as well? They do vegan almond. They do vegan mint. Oh, they're all so tasty as well. I love them. They Absolutely, are. they are really superb. There we go. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have lovely Sonal on the phone. Uh, she's looking for a gentleman, not too concerned about age, but I'm guessing if we, if you want me to say, it, I could say sort of like forty to forty five plus. Um, yeah. And uh, but looking for a guy who's you know got some able to hold a conversation, have a good time. He's interested. He knows what he wants. Um, um, and is it to keep fit as well and doesn't mind a wife who's got thousands and millions upon millions of handbags and shoes. Is that correct? Absolutely. Did I sum it up well? Yes, it does. I'm a good, I'm a good listener, aren't I? So uh, to all the guys out there as well, you have to be as good a listener as I am as well. So there you go. The benchmark is pretty high. Sonal, I just want to say a huge thank you to you for coming on air, for being so brave and just putting yourself out there and letting the love doctor work his magic and seeing who we can find, right? So um, thank you. So to thank all the you for inviting me. Oh, you're more than welcome. To all the lads out there, all the gentlemen out there listening right now, who's looking for an amazing partner, who's got so much going for her as well including like you know more outfits than you know uh, kim kardashian probably then uh, this lady is for you so all you got to do is drop me a whatsapp 0795 700 272 and you know what if you like the sound of her and she likes the sound of you then i could potentially put you both in touch and we could make love happen one more time sono i want to say thank you so much you're tuned to the love lounge and that was flirty at 8 30 it is that time that we've been waiting for. It is time to do the couples challenge. They're on the phone and they're ready to go. It's time for the couples game. How well do you know your partner? Hello and welcome to uh, Avnish and Anita. How are you guys doing? Hi, I'm uh, that's that's that sounds about a thousand times better than earlier. I'm phew, I was like sweating there for a second. <laughs> right, okay, I'm okay now. How are you guys keeping? Are you well? Yeah, we're really good. Thank you. I mean, thank you for inviting us to your show. And I'm really looking forward to the couple's challenge. Sounds I have like- no idea what it's about. <laughs> Well, I try to be as gentle as I possibly can, so don't worry. But anyway, before we start and before I give you the instructions, why don't you guys tell everyone about you, how long you two have been together, how you met, you know, what you guys do, etc. Tell us everything. Yeah, so uh, we met back in 2013 and we um, then, you know, uh, found that we just had an an amazing compatibility. Um, We then got married in 2014 and when we met, Mish and I both had um, children from our previous marriages. Um, So I had Simran who's uh, now 23 and Mish has Simran also uh, who's 24 and son Arnold who's 26. So I guess when we came together it was about bringing um, not just me and him together, it's also bringing three children into the marriage. Um, and that's it. We got married, um, and we've been married nearly seven years now. Yeah, and I think what, what we realised was that uh, through our first kind of marriages, we'd learned a huge amount of that relationship. And uh, as we start talking about our the relationship, we started to realise that we had a lot to offer others. So we created our relationship seminars and uh, started sort of writing articles about that and. Uh, I've done a whole raft of other stuff since, uh, since then in terms of seminars and Nita, you've been writing your book 
Uh, I run my own business as well, and uh, yeah, we keep ourselves busy. Yeah, you you guys do. So, a f- couple of things. Firstly, you guys do not look old enough to have kids in their twenties, and there's three of them, which is amazing. <laughs> and then also, you guys do all sorts of things. You do your seminars. You even do like uh, vision board workshops as well every year, don't you? In January, get everyone together to kind of plan their goals for for the year. You do some amazing stuff, and you're always both so prolific on social media. So, to have you on the show is such a privilege. I love the fact that you guys says yes. I was like, yes, come on. Uh, so it's good to have you here um, and we'll find out more about you in a minute as well but what we're going to do is we're going to play the couples challenge it's called how well do you know your partner so what's going to happen is uh, one of you in a minute is going to be leaving the room while the other one stays on the phone and I'm going to ask that individual five questions and then once those five questions are done we're going to call the other partner back and ask them the same five questions to see if they can guess what their partner answered does that make sense? I thought it was going to be like Mr. and Mrs. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so the question is though, who is going to be the one leaving the room? such a gentleman so chivalrous so i think chivalry is a little bit dead but it's nice to see it when it does uh, does arise all right then so whenever you're ready uh avnish leave the room and anita you tell me when he's gone and he cannot hear you sure well, well i will um yeah he's left now brilliant okay cool so do you think he can hear you at all he's not cheating at all you know he's not trying to sneak in and yeah, get no. get some inside and information, right? Okay, cool, <laughs> perfect. All right, so I'm going to ask you five very simple questions, though. It's just more about you, and we're going to see if uh, Avnish has can, can can guess your answers anyway. So, uh, are you ready? I'm super ready. Yes. Ready All right, go. lovely. So, question number one to you, Anita. Right, I'm going to ask you, uh, what is your favourite? Uh, naughty go-to snack like when you're feeling on a really naughty mood what do you normally kind of head towards i know you're very healthy anyway but still we oh, will have a we will have a secret vice i do have many i, have many. I have two but i've been very careful about this one the question is which one is he going to guess um so i guess the aim is you've got to guess my answer that shows that we're like super really know each other is that correct exactly yeah <laughs> okay i've got it all right which one are you going for tell me Oh, um, Magnum West Queen. Oh, I love Magnum. Uh, they do a vegan one now, which I absolutely love as well. Yeah, vegan one, the classic oh. one. Oh, yeah, so tasty, I have to say. It's that crispy chocolate on the outside, especially when it's like mm. ice cold. Oh, <laughs> gets me every <laughs> time. Yeah, that's my naughty go to snack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Question number two for you. Uh, what is uh, a bad habit um, ab- that you have about you that your partner possibly hates? Oh, um, a bad habit. Yeah. We, 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 I haven't got any bad habits. I mean, do, do you know what? Like, Nithi and I were talking the other recently, right? One thing that she hates about me, she always makes fun of me because I always say, like, when I make a mistake, I say something like, my bad. And she hates that. She absolutely uh, hates that. <laughs> oh, God, that's a, that's a tough one. Bad habit. Um, okay, I'll okay. give you another one that she does. Uh, she 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 squeezes the toothpaste from the middle. It drives me mental. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Mm. I think I think for me it would probably be a bad habit. Hey, if I just clear everything away. <laughs> so you're like a tiny freak. Yeah, it has to be cleared yeah, away then and there. I clear things away so fast, and he's like, "Oh my god, you put it away already." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. No ways. I like that one. Uh, question one. Question number three. I want you to tell me something that's on your. Uh, list or at the very top or very near the top something that you really have to do almost next what would it be oh oh god that's a difficult one um place you want to go you, you have, 
vision boards and everything. We're always like um, moving on with our goals and everything. We do know each other's goals, which is really useful. But I think for me, it would probably be what was the thing on the He's got to get this right. Um, make it hard for him don't make it easy you know like if he if he doesn't get this right put him in the doghouse is what yeah, I say yeah. that'd be uh-huh. um next thing that I want to do oh I know I think he'll get this one or maybe not maybe he will I think something will happen like a TV show have your own TV show. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. Oh, that's a good one. I think you could do uh, like what would it be? Do you think it would be a relationship one or like you'd be like the next Oprah or something? Yeah, something like that. Why ah, nice. No, yeah, I say why not? Me too. Yeah, I love that yeah. idea. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I did my I did my podcast show. We like your fire, and I we talk about all kinds of topics on on the podcast show. So this is like it'll be the next thing, but more you know visuals and everything. So I love um, it. I, I think. Mean, uh, that would be, be my ultimate. <laughs> I, I can, do you know what? I can so easily see this one happening for you, definitely. I don't think oh, that one's that far away for you. Uh, question number four. So um, the question is the best holiday destination that you both have been on together. That's easy. Maldives. Maldives. I, I can understand why it's it just looking at the picture. I've never been, but the pictures when I've rested it just look absolutely stunning, I have to say. <laughs> That is the ultimate for us, for uh, sure. Yeah, no, I, I think so too as well. It's just uh, everyone who says they've been there would always put that at the top of their list. I have to say it's uh, just amazing, just even from the pictures. Okay, mm. last but not least, well, can you believe we're already at the final question? Okay, so last but not least, um, a favourite movie of yours you've seen like loads of times? Ah, oh, favourite movie. Oh, um, well... Probably not a movie. Could, could I do a Netflix? Yeah, you could do a Netflix, yeah. <laughs> Line of Duty. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I only saw that recently. I binge-watched the whole thing. It's so good. It's amazing. We just literally finished watching it last week, the last one. Oh, what, actually, what was your opinion of the last ever episode? I was disappointed. It was, yeah, it was a bit disappointing, wasn't it? We were the same yeah. as well. We were like, really? Oh, man. Could have ended I so know, much I better. Can't. Oh, I thought, come on, they didn't quite finish it. I know, right? I know. Let's hope they have one more season just to make up for it. Let's uh, see. <laughs> all right, brilliant. That's such good answers, right? So, you've done your five. Bring the bring the gentleman back in. Bring Ovnish back in. And while you do that, while you do that, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Love Lounge with The Love Doctor. This is the Couples Challenge. Uh, we've got a couple on the line right now. Avnish and Anita, probably well-known. You, I'm sure many of you have heard these names before. Uh, but anyway, are, are you there, Avnish? Ah, lovely, lovely. Right, okay, cool. <laughs> so, why why you were out of the room? We asked Anita five uh, five questions about her. I'm going to ask you the same five questions, and you've got to guess what she answered. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number one. Uh, I uh, and I'll reveal the answers at, like how many you got at the end as well. So, question number one. Uh, I asked Anita what is her favourite choice of naughty snack or like a go-to naughty food whenever she's feeling a bit, little bit like in that mood. What would you say? Uh, naughty food at the moment is um, what's that cereal and soya milk um, uh, bran flakes and soy milk like the fruit and fibre and soy milk okay cool <laughs> nice alright I like that bran flakes I used to have that one as a kid I love that uh, question number two um, uh, I asked her to name a bad habit that she has that you sort of have a bit of an annoyance with like you know something she does you think oh not again type of thing what do you think she said uh being late being late 
I love it. I love it being late. Okay, cool. Uh, question number three. Uh, I said to her, say one thing that's on her bucket list, like ver- at the very top or very near the top. You know, a goal that she needs, wants to achieve very soon. What do you think she said? Um, wants to achieve very soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Her second book published. Oh, interesting. Okay. Get a, a, did you say second book published? Yeah. Oh, there's a first. Oh, cool. You're going to have to fill me on on that one in a bit. Okay. Um, so uh, she wants to get Voices from Gujarat published now rather than self-published and proper publishing now. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Cool. No worries. Question number four. Uh, what is the best holiday you've both been on? Best holiday is Maldives. All right. No worries. Maldives. Maldives and question number five uh, last but not least uh, so I asked her to name a favourite movie that she has seen lots of times but she opted to mention something that she's seen on Netflix what do you think she said uh, if it's Netflix maybe Line of Duty right we've no. been about that in the last uh, couple of weeks we've watched it like mad no problem at all. Right, cool. That was question number five. So we've got we've got to the end now. All right, I'm going to do my complex math and get my calculator out, you know, my old school Casio calculator and top up the scores. And while I do that, how well do you think you did? Uh, three. She's, she's being very post-basic, not giving anything away. So. <laughs> Five, maybe. All right, cool. No worries. I, I'm turning up the scores. I'm going to do my very technical hand on desk drum roll here, and I'm going to tell you that you scored. Wait for it. You scored two out of five. Oh! <laughs> two out of five. No, no, that was a, that was bad. I, I think she gave some kind of like tough answers there. I think she was overthinking it a little bit. Um, uh, but you know what? Let me tell you which ones that what she said, right? So question number one, you mentioned that she likes bran flakes and soy milk. She actually mentioned Magnum ice cream. Yeah, but she didn't have them today. She actually had bran flakes. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you a question, uh, Anita? Would that have been the second choice? Uh, yeah, definitely. Fruit and fibre with soy milk but that's not that's actually healthy that is yeah it's, it's like a naughty go-to wow. snack isn't it <laughs> oh it's good soy milk is right yeah exactly question number two question number two this is always a good one the habit the bad habit your partner has right and you said uh, being late and uh, her, her answer was being a tidy freak like really tidying up straight away as soon as you finished eating you know before you've even had that last bite swiping away the plate type of thing uh that's what she said would you agree with that though yeah it was one of two things and i picked the other one so uh no worries no worries so you do (laughs) can i just without offending every single uh feminine individual out there come on you're all always late anyway question number three uh I mean, I have a totally different relationship with time. Oh uh, yeah, I, of course, absolutely. I, I I concede to that as well. I think that's uh, I think that's every woman's and lady's prerogative. Uh, question number three: um, Say one thing that's on the bucket list or very near the top. Uh, you mentioned about being the the book published uh, of Niche, and she mentioned about having her own TV show. Yeah, that was the other one as well. <laughs> that was the other one. Yeah. Lots of fun. 
it's it's challenging, isn't it? Because it, it could always be one or the other. And then question four, of course, you got right. Maldives and the last one, Line of Duty, which I watched recently as well. And that was the last one as well. But you scored two out of five. And listen, what I'm doing now is that I'm inviting couples back in the future so you can do a role reversal and Anita can leave the room next time and you can stay and answer the five questions. So we're going to do that. I could do that with you guys in a few weeks time uh, and uh, see how you get on the other way around. Oh, definitely. I want to see how she does. Yeah. <laughs> we can, do you know what? We can, I haven't got anyone lined up at the moment for next week, so we can actually even do it next week if you guys want. It's absolutely fine. I don't mind. So if you want to do that. But uh, but listen, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. That was really good fun. Did you guys enjoy yourselves? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it wasn't as painful as it wasn't as painful as you thought it was going to be, was it? That's good. No, thank you. No, that was good fun. I really enjoyed myself as well. Thank you so much for taking the time out and uh, taking on the couples challenge. It was so much fun. I enjoyed having you on. And like I said, hopefully going to have you guys on again in the very near future. For anyone else out there listening in, if you want to take part in the future, just drop me a WhatsApp. Catch our love guru, Amit Soda, between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. every Sunday for that chill out zone.